Do we have Craig on the line, actually? Prospect King? Well, this is a question that I'd like to ask Craig as a general manager when, when he has to weigh out two types of things. So let's bring him in. Craig Button, our TSN uh, hockey analyst. What's going on, Craig? Not much. Not much, uh, AB. What's going on with you? Yeah, we're doing good. Just no. you know, chatting hockey. Chatting hockey. The, the, the typical things we do from noon to two on uh, on a weekday. But we were getting into this conversation, Craig, about whether or not you know, Matt Murray, there's some, he's, you know, the Leafs are back at practice today off their bye week, and uh, they're going to get an update on Matt Murray, hopefully, and figure out what's going on with that ankle. And I was just saying, you know, even if he comes back, he's like, yeah, I'm feeling good. Maybe even give him a couple of weeks, because Joe Wall is a guy who's having a spectacular season in the American League. He requires waivers next year, and there's a back-to-back coming up, and it's a pretty soft schedule. Maybe you take this time to let Murray get 100%. You know, you could even work on some of those technical things that was kind of hurting him a little bit in his last start against Florida. Maybe you let Joe Wall get a couple of starts here and see what you have. So when you're a general manager, like, are you weighing, weighing those types of things where it's like, hey, we, we still do need to get Murray games, but at the same time, you got this young kid who might have a future with this club. Maybe you want to see what he can do at the NHL level as well. How do you weigh that as a GM? Well, I mean, I, those are the discussions you have with the coaching staff. and You, you talk about where, where Joseph has, has really progressed in his game. And, and, and as you point out, AP, you know, real significant progression. And, you, and, and in, in, in light of where Matt Murray finds himself, you know, one of the things you, you want to try to make sure of is get him like as close to 100% as you possibly can, you know. And, and, and then so now you have the luxury of, of seeing what you can do. Uh, you know, and the luxury is, is all the points you have and understanding that, you know, you, you've got a nice cushion here in the standings. But here's what I would try to, as a manager, what I would try to impress on the, on the coaches is that you, you, you would, I, I would not want to put Joe Wall in his, in his, in his initial starts uh, on the second game of the back to back. I'd put him in on the first game when the team's fresh. Mm. You know, to go to go in and ask a, a goaltender to just go and kind of be that guy to stabilize you on a back-to-back, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's fair to the goaltender. I don't think that's fair uh, uh, to the evaluation. So that's, that's the first thing I would do in terms of trying to get his feet wet and see what you got with respect to that. You know, get him comfortable, get him into, the, get him into a spot where, you know, everybody around him is, you know, ostensibly, you know, at, 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 you know, capable of being at the very best in that game. Then, as time goes on, and depending where Matt Murray's at, then maybe you can say, okay, let's try him in a back-to-back. But that's how I would start with it. And, and keep, keep in mind that you have to it, – it's a discussion with the coaching staff. You, you know, I never believe that you're going to dictate to a coach – that, hey, do this, do that. I mean, it's all through the course of discussion. Here's what we're trying to do. How do you feel about it? What's our schedule look like? How, do you, how, how does it work? You know, how do you see it working? Is there a spot where we could do exactly what I outlined? And then go from there. But I think the idea, as you point out, A.B., is one that's uh, rooted in, in real sound reasoning. Yeah, and it'll all hinge on, on what Matt Murray looks like today at 2.15 when he gets looked at again. What do you think, how imperative is it, Craig, for Matt Murray to get healthy here and, and really get his confidence back down the stretch uh, for the Leafs' success in the playoffs and, and this last bit of the season? I know that this is going to come across as harsh, and I'm not meaning to come across as harsh. Matt Murray is not durable. Matt Murray has shown that even in his Stanley Cup years with Pittsburgh, that he's not durable. Yeah. So expect, expecting him to be durable, 
I think is a reach. So I think that you go into it and you're trying to evaluate, okay, we know what we have in Matt. We know when he when he's playing well and he's healthy, he can be a really good goaltender. But you, you can't count on it. And, and that's as simple as that. If you want to keep counting on that, don't be disappointed when – you know, he, he ends up with some injuries because that's what the, the, that's the history there. So, to me, that's why I say get him as close to 100% as possible and don't think that he's the guy that's going to run the course. I, like, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. I think the setup for Matt Murray is a tandem. I don't think it's, like, get Matt Murray healthy, let him be part of a tandem. End of story. I don't, if you're counting on Matt Murray to be your leading guy, to be the guy that's going to show the way come playoff time, I wouldn't feel very comfortable with that. No, and I don't think he will be. Like at this point, I think you got to tip your cap to, to Ilya Samsonov, yeah. who's played really well so far this season. And I think at this point, he's he's the number one guy, even if, if Matt Murray is healthy. I agree with you, AB. Right? I mean, I mean, to, and and just based on on durability and 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 dependability. You know, durability and dependability are really key attributes for goaltenders. <laughs> And for for number one goaltenders, essential uh, attributes. Yeah, absolutely. We're with Craig Button right now, our TSN hockey analyst and general manager. Kyle Dubas will speak today ahead of practice. What are you expecting? I don't know. What are you expecting to hear out of Kyle Dubas today following the All-Star break? Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, Kyle will update everybody. He'll be asked questions about the trade deadline. He'll be asked questions about injuries, about his team, and... Kyle will manage it in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very articulate manner. But I think if you're expecting uh, anything uh, to, to, to be uh, – what, what I would say that's going to give you any insights into what he's doing, I mean, he'll talk about the trade deadline and he'll talk about, yeah, you know, we're looking. We're looking at all different ideas and possibilities. He might say we might want a player with term if we're going to look at something. But – you know, he'll be asked, will you trade a prospect? And he'll dance around that, which is what he's got to do. Yep. But if you're expecting to, to glean anything out of his press conference, he goes, whoa, count me as not, you'll be able to knock me over with a feather if you get that. Yeah. Okay. Well, the one thing that, that potentially could be interesting, and, and we weren't expecting to get an update on this until the end of this month, but the last time we heard Kyle Dubas speak, he said that he was going to wait to make any sort of moves to address anything to see how the team responded to a lack of Jake Muzzin in the lineup. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to guess on whether he's going to comment on that today, Craig, but, but how would you evaluate that question? How has the team responded without Jake Muzzin? Well, without Jake Muzzin, without Morgan Riley, without T.J. Brody, yeah. with injuries to your, to your goaltenders, I would say magnificently well. Uh, the, you know, the evidence is all there. But it's not, it's not just about how the teams responded. I think that's the positive part. I think that Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren, given an opportunity, have shown that they're capable. But I think for the Leafs, I think trying to, trying to look, and, and obviously Kyle and, and, and has, an op, has the knowledge on where Jake Muzzin sits with respect to his injury. So, you know, that'll be instructive too. But what I would say about Jake is the same thing I said about uh, Matt Murray. I think it would be a luxury if he can play. Yeah. I don't think you can count on him being able to grind through the playoffs. And, and if he does, great, but I don't think you can count on it, which leads me to this, which means nothing's changed in terms of what they need. They need a Jake Muzzin defenseman. Yeah, that was going to yeah. be my, my follow-up here was, 
you know, if, if they realize that he's not going to be there, like, yes, they, I think they have all stepped up and they played really well. They've been able to win games in the regular season, but is this going to work in the playoffs? And when they've, you know, found themselves taking on a couple of heavier teams, some playoff caliber teams, like just ahead of the deadline or ahead of the break, they played the, the Rangers. They got bullied and pushed around a little bit despite winning the game. And then it happened again against the Boston Bruins. And, you know, things started to creep up and, and ask, like, hmm, maybe this team does need a little bit uh, of a beefier Jake mustn't like replacement on the back end. And, and I'm almost starting to lean that way as one of the priorities at the deadline based on what we've seen over the last couple of weeks here at the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I, and I listen, the Toronto Maple Leafs are competitive, and I, I, I talked about this last week. Rasmus Sandin is a competitive player, yeah. but he's not a big player. So it's not about him standing up to the challenges or being in the fight. He will be in the fight. But when you're in the playoffs and you're playing against bigger, stronger players and they just keep leaning on you, leaning on you, leaning on you, it, they wear you down. And so, what, and, and, and again, it, you, you know, playoff series are, are built on how do, you, how, do you, how do you reduce players? How do you reduce players to, to, to being less than what they're capable of being? Lean on them, force them, make them do things quicker, make them. And, and I'm not talking about punishing them and throw, hitting them through the board, but that constant, like what, what I call body-on-body battles. Rasmus Sandin's going to be in every body-on-body battle. But when you're battling guys that are 20 pounds heavier than you, shift in, shift out, shift in, shift out in, in, in body-on-body battles and tight quarters, you wear down. That's as simple as that. And so I think that, you know, to give some support to Rasmus Sandin, to TJ Brody, you know, I, I think that that becomes a real important element to add to your, to your team And and when you know what the path is, and the path is clear, it's Tampa Bay, and if you beat them, it's Boston, barring some kind of, you know, big-time upset. But that's what it is. So you look at those teams, they're going to lean on you. They're going to lean on you. And that's when – so that's what you got to – that's what you got to be looking at. In my view, that's what you got to be looking at and trying to enhance your group. Yeah, they'll be leaning on your heart. Craig Button, our TSN hockey analyst, on the phone right now. So in this last 30-game stretch, Craig, and it's kind of a funny question to ask because all year long, all that we've heard in this market is just wait till the playoffs or wait until the playoffs. But is there any question you have about this Leafs team that you'd like answered in these next 30 games? So, well, I mean, I guess what you've provided me here, Julia, is an opportunity is an for an open-ended answer. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no an open-ended <laughs> answer. Like, you know, because what am I looking for? I, I don't know if I'm looking for anything uh, with respect to the team because the team's performed at, at a very high level. They've performed really well, and they've, and they've had the different challenges with the injuries. And, and again, I talked about Sandine and Lilligren, you know, finding out about them and what they're capable of. But I, I don't think it's so much now about what the team needs to show me. I think it's about what Kyle Dubas needs to show the team. They've shown him everything they need to show him, in my view. This is now, and I'm going to go back to the end of the season uh, press conference last year. We believe in our players. We believe in our players. We believe that we're close. We believe that we're uh, in a position now to compete. We think we've learned lots. Well, you believe, you believe. They've shown that they deserve the belief. They've shown that. Now go and help them. Yeah. So and- I think this is on Kyle Dubas. I don't think it's on the players showing me anything. I think it's about Kyle Dubas saying, okay, what can we do here? What are our opportunities? We talked about a defenseman. We could talk about a winger. We could talk about size. We could talk about depth deeper into the lineup. That to me is on Kyle Dubas and the management group. Nobody else. Not on the players. 
The players have done everything you could ever ask them to do, in my view. This is now on Kyle Dubas. Yeah, and this goes right back to the example that we brought up a couple of, maybe about a month or so ago. I think we were chatting with Josh Cloak about this. Like, if you recall when the Blue Jays made that big push and they went and they traded for David Price and, and, you know, it just showed the team, hey, we believe in you. And then they went on this magical run, won the division, played outstanding, uh, won a, a playoff round and everything. It didn't win the whole thing, but it just really did galvanize the group. And, you know, who knows who that guy would be for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I know a lot of fans would love to see a big trade get made. The problem, Craig, is the NHL just doesn't it's, – it's so hard to, to make a trade. And, and you of all people, I guess, would know this being in the thick of things, being in, in as, you know, as an NHL general manager. Like we saw last night, right, the, the NBA. I'm not sure how late you were up last night, Craig, but 1 a.m. we had guys making deals. Kevin Durant gets traded. The Raptors made a trade. There was the Russell Westbrook was dealt. All of these guys being dealt, these big-name stars, we just don't see that in the NHL. I don't think we're really going going to see much of that in the NHL like it's just it just seems so difficult to really make a move a seismic move like that to really kind of invigorate a club though whoa invigorate seismic yeah a couple good words there seismic I mean Russell Westbrook isn't a seismic move <laughs> okay anymore. but Kevin Durant is come on Craig okay, Durant's I, I didn't, I didn't say but like Russell world. Westbrook in here you know a captain of a Canadian market team just got traded that's not big yeah, that's fair Kevin, enough. He's not, he's not Kevin Durant. That's a pretty big move. Wow, it's big you know? for hockey. And I don't know what... Oh, wait a second, I didn't say he said... You know, Wayne Gretzky got traded in 1996. Did we forget about that? We're going back to 1996 to talk wait about a, a trade, tell Greg. Me, tell me, 1996. Tell me, big player, tell me what big player got traded last year in the NBA. Go ahead. Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. Come on now. <laughs> I am putting you on the spot because there was no big player that got traded. Well, this okay? summer, Rudy so Gobert Durant, got dealt. Who did? Rudy Gobert. He, COVID oh, made that guy famous. Come on. Defensive player of the year here. <laughs> okay, wait a sec, okay? So Kevin Durant got traded, okay? Yeah. Great. It's a great it's a great deal. Okay, wonderful, right? <laughs> the NHL isn't the NBA and we better stop thinking about the NHL as the NBA. You're talking about one player that can come in and make a difference to a team. Players move around the NBA like you move uh, you move M and M's around in a bowl. <laughs> like my so mom like, was around furniture and the every NHL six isn't months. Like that. So do we complain about the NFL trade deadline? Uh, no, no trades I guess. In the NFL. Yeah, there's not many trades in the NFL either. They're they're pretty boring in that aspect as so, well. So, so, like, so great, the NBA did that. So bottom line is, here's what I feel. Local markets are looking, what can our team do? There's a build-up to all this. There's a build-up, what can we do? How can we deal with it? And, you know, what are we trying to do? And that creates an excitement all in and of itself. And then trades will happen. And, yeah, does it have to be a seismic trade? You've heard me say this ad nauseum. And, and I think I'll be able to say this for the next days leading right up until March 3rd. Are you trying to win? If that's what you're trying to do, you better understand what you need. Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrow, Josh Manson, Archery Lekkonen, Andrew Cogliano. Hockey is a very different sport than basketball. Basketball is run by its top players. And so you can trade one of them and move money around and do all that. You can't do that in the NHL. And it's not about one player. It's about strengthening your team. Because the Toronto Maple Leafs don't need a seismic trade. They need to support Matthews and strengthen the team with Matthews and Marner and Tavares and Nylander and Riley. That's what they need to do. Just like Tampa Bay and Colorado did the last three Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, fair enough. James Harden, by the way, was a 
a star player traded last year. <laughs> Came up with that name. Yeah, who did? No, who you didn't. Steph texted us. It doesn't help you win. Uh, yeah. Well, yes, you're right. That, that is true. It did not help win. But uh, you know, to, it's it's still. I don't know. I I, I just look at the NBA and I'm like, oh, I just wish. And I know we're never going to see it. The cap is the biggest. I'd be issue. sad all the, the time though. Like all the, uh, hockey fans get so attached to their favorite players and their favorite team. Like there's such a there's such a a prestige to playing with the same club your whole career. Yeah. It's just a different vibe, you know? I, I still, I mean, Jerome McGinley got traded. Right? I know, like, and it was like, sad. These guys, I was like, sad when he wasn't a player anymore. Eventually, it happens, but just doesn't happen as often as I'd like. I'm curious, though, Craig, like, we saw these trades go down at 1 a.m., you know? What was the latest that you've been on the phone trying to get a deal done when you were a general manager in the National Hockey League? Well, I, I, you just brought up Jerome McGinley. We traded Jerome McGinley at twelve thirty. I know. Like, how can you bring uh, up that trade when we've got you on the phone? Like, was it a shot, Andy? <laughs> yeah, but that, that, was, that was the first time we traded him as a junior. We traded him as a junior. Yeah. Okay, and he got traded like at midnight and uh, Eastern time or whatever. Shortly after that, so that happened. But then when he got traded from from Calgary to Pittsburgh, that happened at midnight too after a game. Oh, actually, yeah, so that's Gindler, so the So the, the Jerome McGinley trade rule was he had to be traded at or near midnight. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I remember actually, I think it was a call. There was like a rumor he was supposed to go to Boston and pulled the shoot and said, actually, I want to go to Pitt. And then he ended up going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I believe is what ended up happening there. Didn't win the well, cup, unfortunately. Yeah, well, he, I mean... So Jerome had a had a, had a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. He gave he gave a list of teams that he would be traded to, and you know when they presented different options to him, he said, "I'm going to Pittsburgh," which was his right. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I was happy to no, see I him. Know, I know, but team I'm just saying. With, uh, everybody uh, says, "Oh, there was a tra- there was no trade to Boston." Was there was there was there something presented? Yeah, but it's up to Jerome. When you have a no move clause, you get to decide where you're going, and he did. Yeah. All right, Craig, we got to fly. We got Boone Jenner coming up on the other side. So, unfortunately, we can't have you for uh, you know, right. the full 30 like we typically love to have you for. But we really appreciate it, as always. And uh, we'll chat again next week, pal. If I'm going to take a backseat to anybody, I'm happy to take a backseat to the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just a quality, quality person. Yeah, he is. You want, you want us to ask him something? You got something you want us to, to ask? Yeah, ask him if the Leafs are overrated. Okay. <laughs> I have that I in there say, Craig Button, former NHL or TSN analyst, wants us to ask you if he you believe the Leafs are overrated. Please answer. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm Craig. Yeah. <laughs> Take, Take care. care. There he goes. Craig Button, TSN hockey analyst and our director of uh, amateur scouting.